Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this edition of The Story with Charu. And I've got a friend, but also a person that a lot of people in the Lake Norman community of Charlotte, Lake Norman's a suburb of Charlotte, will recognize Jessica Bosmiller. Jessica was diagnosed with ocular melanoma in late 2017 and lost an eye because of it. She was pregnant with twins at the time. She's the mother of four. And a lot of people around town know her because she's been at the Lake Norman YMCA for many years. And her husband, Mark, is also a firefighter. So a lot of people around town kind of know this family and love them. And now Jessica is battling stage four metastatic ocular melanoma of the spine and the liver. And I'm sorry. Yes, the spine and the liver. I had that right. So um, Jessica, thank you for making time to talk to me today. Of course. Thank you for asking. Well, I, so I did not know, but when, when I hear the word ocular, I think of eye and I know that, you know, you had had this issue, but ocular melanoma can spread to other parts of your body. I take Correct. it. Correct. Okay. Yes. It's, it starts in your eye and most often 90% of the time will first, um, metastasize to your liver, um, which mine did, um, and, and then from then um, has spread um, out to my spine as well. Um, it can occur, you know, in your breast, your lungs, your brain, um, you know, all of your organs, pancreas. Um, it just depends on, you know, how early you catch it and how quickly you can get it uh, treated to try to slow that progression. Yeah, and I um, there's a Facebook group for anybody that wants to really know the nitty-gritty and keep up with Jessica um, as well as a link to a GoFundMe page. And I will put all of that in the show notes um, so you can keep up with her um, journey a little bit there and also ways to figure out how to help the family. But Jessica, this is kind of an ongoing thing for you guys. Like you have to, even when I remember after you had lost the eye, you were you were having to go back and do screenings. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, all of that. But this is this is something that I guess you take it day by day. You do. It's it's um, scan by scan, day by day, treatment by treatment, just to figure out, you know, where you're at next and what you have to do next. Um, after the inoculation, um, I was then on a protocol for just watching it, um, and so every eight weeks, um, or eight to twelve weeks, depending on what they found, I would get scans uh, done, and that's um, CT of the chest and MRI of the abdomen. And then every six months, an MRI of the brain, because um, those are the most common places that it metastasizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the CT does a little bit better job of, than the MRI in the, in the chest tissue. Um, and then it, it wasn't until um, April 2019 that they did find some stuff. They kind of saw it in January, but really it was um, April by the time they gave me the diagnosis that it, 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 they did see and confirm um, that there were tumors in the liver um and at that time there was you know uh about 20 small tumors um 
space throughout my liver, both lobes, um, and they were really small. So they were too small to biopsy to actually confirm a diagnosis or be eligible for clinical trials at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and I was doing a lot of stuff myself to try to help slow the progression. I went on a, you know, juicing diet. I was really, you know, being mindful of meditation and yoga and trying to do everything I could to uh, slow the progression, acupuncture, massage, um, infrared, sauna, everything. Yeah. And I think it was really working um, because it was very slow. Um, but because it was growing so slowly, I still wasn't eligible for clinical trial um, because they have to be over a centimeter. Um, so they just they suggested that I go on to the kind of standard care treatment, right. um, which is um, a combination of two drugs, um, um, ipilimidabab and uh, Nevo and um, kind of a Nevo combo. Um, you're supposed to do four treatments of those spaced out every three weeks. Um, my body only tolerated three treatments before mm-hmm. they were concerned about colitis. And oh, if yeah. I had gotten that diagnosis of colitis, um, then I would have been ineligible for some of the clinical trials in the future. Um, so we just did the three, and then I went to just the Nevo um, in, infusions. And both of those are uh, immunotherapy. Uh, so I would go to Duke two and a half hours, you know, each way, um, you know, do the doctor's, do the lab work, do the doctor's appointment, do the treatment, and then drive the two and a half hours back. And my husband was taking me for all, most of those. Um, yeah. So those were our cancer dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that you had, I've been following and I see that you guys, you try to make uh, the most of it and take the time. I mean, as, as the parents of four kids, you probably do have to look at it like, hey, at least we're in the car together and no one's interrupting us for a change. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, um, and sometimes we don't do much talking ourselves. We just enjoy the quiet. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that, girl. I hear that. Yeah, yeah um, so then it was, um, I was on that until um, this recently, um, last month or um, six weeks ago or so, and my scans at the end of March um, showed that um, the tumors had um, increased in size as well as um, increased in number, as well as gone outside the liver. So I have, now I have extra hepatic tumor um, on, my li- on my spine. As well as the the liver um, is more compromised. Um, So at that point, Duke told me I should really consider um, a clinical trial or some direct uh, therapy, which means it's not systemic treatment through my whole body like the immunotherapy um, that I had been on was, but it's actually treating directly to the liver. Um, So I went to kind of the world leader in in this cancer which is up in philadelphia jefferson hospital right um, and um saw dr sato and they recommended uh, what is called immunoembolization so there's different embolizations that they can do they have immuno where they take immunotherapy drugs there's also chemoembolization um but um they wanted to start with immunoembolizations where they they take a catheter um and go directly into your liver and they actually just put a kind of a a sticky substance to try to block off the arteries to one side of the liver and then the next month they do the other side yeah that's um you know blocking the blood flow to the tumors hoping that that interruption would um slow their progression um or or you know help them 
die off as tissue. Um, the liver is an amazing organ, and you know people take um, a portion of a liver from a donor, and then they're able to kind of regrow into a full size liver. So, um, you know, hoping that the liver itself isn't affected too much by this treatment, but that um, the tumors are. So, um, we did the right side last week, and I'll go back in May. Um, and do the left side, and um, we'll also do an additional um, biopsy at that time, which will help us um, qualify for some clinical trials that um, need to know the genealogy of, of that tumor because we had the tissue from the eye, but we didn't have enough tissue left over after um, everybody wanted their piece, I guess. Yeah, all the, yeah. All the researchers wanted their piece. Um, and also the metastatic tumors are sometimes different in genealogy, so they have to um, see, you know, if this one is, is um, if these tumors are also preem positive like my eye was. That's one of the clinical trials that they're looking at. Um, you know, when, so. I, yeah, when I hear you say this and talk about all this, it sounds like you have been dealing with uncertainty for a while now, you know, a lot of people right now are having to come to grips with the fact that like, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's hard to predict what's going to happen, right? right? With COVID, but you have been kind of dealing with I don't know what's going to happen um, for a while now, this has become a part of your life. Yes. Um, yeah, I recently did an update, um, a post on my updates with Jessica Page, and actually linked um, this treatment to, so to show people. And um you know, so they can read the science behind it if they're interested. Yeah. And um, the statistics um, or the prognosis of patients with this um, disease and treatment was kind of listed there. And some people were kind of surprised by that. And um, even kind of seeing it in print again, because I, I have not looked at that stuff in a long time, seeing that um, was kind of jarring as well, because, you know, um, it's, it's not great. It's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, we just really trust in our faith and our, um, you know, we're guided to make the right decisions for my treatment that um, has given, given us the, the most quality time that we could have um, and really hoping out, you know, holding out and hoping that um, some of these new drugs and clinical trials will, will prove that they're the right fit and that, you know, they give me years and, instead of, you know, um, less than that. I, I hear I, you. I prefer decades over months or years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's probably a balancing act because you don't want to be, you know, you, you want to look at the facts and you want to recognize what it is, but at the same time, unexpected Plain things happen all the time where people are like, huh, I'm stumped. Um, this person, you know, the odds were against them and they're still here and they've survived and we really don't right. know, you know, there's a lot of mystery. Um, exactly. So you have to kind of lean into that, I think, sometimes. How has this pandemic affected you getting treatment? What has changed? Whew. Well, um, it's, it's luckily or unluckily, I'm not sure, but, you know, because of where I'm at, my disease, you know, they do need to treat it. Um, so, um, they, they, other people have had treatments, um, kind of put off and, yeah. um, mine have not been. Um, so they said, you know, if you can travel, so come travel. We did decide to fly, um, given that, you know, 
it's you know you kind of know what you're getting into versus if you're driving and you have to stop at three different gas stations yeah. to go to the restroom and you know get gas and you know get food um where and it's a lot quicker you know just to fly um and flights are really cheap right now yeah so. yeah exactly <laughs> yay <laughs> um so when we flew to philly uh last week um we flew the night before because I had to be there at six thirty in the morning on Tuesday, and we and I had to spend the night in the hospital, and and then I flew. We flew home um, Wednesday evening because uh, we just didn't know what time I'd get um, discharged on Wednesday based on how my body would react. Um, and we flew with gloves and mask. Um, I actually wrapped my hair, um, and. And that was really nice because I didn't have to worry about my hair in my face or, yeah. you know, um, you know, getting, getting things in it that I didn't want in it. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, it had a nice, um, I put it up in a bun in the back and it had a nice little pillow for the flight. So mm-hmm. that was great. <laughs> Jessica, you'll make it, you know what? You will make anything a positive. I, I hope that somewhere, sometime you're allowed to just let it out and be angry and be, you know, like just feel all the feelings, girl, because you really do. You're very, you're very positive and you will always take something and, you know, yeah, try to find a nugget in there. We always look for the silver lining for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I've said that I'm, I'd much prefer this be going for me to be going through this than, you know, my spouse or my child or anything like that. So, um, I'm, cause I don't think that I'd have the strength to watch either, you know, any yeah. of that. So it's, it's, I feel like it's easier for me to be going through it. Um, and so it's a little also easier for me to be positive. So I need to stay positive. So I help those that, that are watching it, you know, um, mm. and feeling kind of, you know, um, unable to make, you know, change. It's really, um, stifling for that for those people to watch it and I hate that for them um, so yeah we um, we rented a car the car that we had we got in Philly had 11 miles on it so it was brand new so I felt that the cleanliness factor was a little bit yeah. better which is really nice yeah and I, um, and we, we did get in a hotel room. My mom had given me this little travel size of disinfectant, um, you know, cleaner spray. And, and I had taken that and we had done all that spraying of the airport chairs and then the, and then the airplane chairs and then, you know, the seatbelt and the tray table. We did, we've done all that stuff, sprayed that down. And we got to the hotel room. We did the same thing. We sprayed everything that we could possibly touch, um, did our own version of making ourselves feel better, um, about the cleanliness and, um, and then the hospital was interesting because, you know, um, people like me that um, were staying overnight, we were not allowed to have anybody with us. Um, same-day surgery, especially the older folks that were there for same-day surgery, they were allowed to have their spouse with them, I think, to help them, yeah. um, you know, um, with mobility and stuff like that, getting to and from. Um, the first thing they did was test me for COVID, and... Um, they were dressed up in, in full hazmat um, to to take those um, uh, screenings of, of all the people coming in. And then once I was negative, uh, then they took me back to same-day surgery um, um, to, to do the prep and all that. And then um, for recovery, um, I did have my own room, which I was kind of nervous about, you know, being with, in a room with other people. But um, it's a it's a very small room, but it was private, which is really nice. And um, I slept a lot. I did, 
you know, see across the hallway that there was um, a COVID positive patient um, across the hall when I looked out the door because um, there was signs on their door saying, you know, right, right, full full PPE here and stuff like that, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I had overheard some people in same day surgery, surgery talking about the um, dietary nutrition um, department had 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 ten positive staff members um tested so i really wasn't looking forward to eating anything at the hospital yeah yeah <laughs> i was like oh, oh lord i was like i'll just go with the like straw you know peach cups you know i'll just do anything that i can wipe off nothing that was actually prepared so yeah. a lot of graham crackers and and um cups of jello and peaches um until i'm you know, got out the next day. Um, that is, yeah. I mean, that is, it's a whole nother layer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That I feel like these medical people are having to deal with because they still have patients like you that cannot be put off, you know? Right. And, and in addition, you know, there are people that maybe aren't, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, there are people that are waiting for surgery, right? Like, let's say an elective, um, you know, disc issue in their back. And yeah. they can wait, but they're in a lot of pain right now. Yes, and and are. it's, you know, and then you have a woman or maybe a guy that's in your position three, four years ago that, yeah, they could wait, but their every day is a nerve wracking, you know, mess because they are waiting. You know what I'm right. saying? And then th you have someone like you who we know what's going on and the doctors are like, yeah, uh, you know, we're not going to put you off. You need to get here. We need to get you. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then... It's just like another layer that these folks are having to deal with, you know? Yeah. And, you know, knowing that the nurses treating me were just across the hall yeah, somebody else, you know, um, and they're doing everything they can to, you know, um, keep themselves uh, safe as well because they don't want to take it home. Or exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. The, well, the airports were closed of all restaurants. There was very little things open there. One store was actually not manned at all and just had a self-service ipad for you to check out whatever you bought oh wow <laughs> like just an honor system huh yeah, yeah i'm sure there was security guard people watching uh -huh. my video or something but <laughs> i was completely just blown away by that i was like wow but i guess you know so few people traveling you know the first yeah um, flight i mean we only both of our flights really there were only about a quarter um to half full and half of those people were American Airline employees just traveling between, you know, yes, airports. yes. Isn't that Horrible. insane? I mean, it's just, well, what, Jessica, what do you want people to know? I mean, people that, um, you know, nav and you can answer this as to anything you want. Um, you can make this question your question, but look, what do you want people to know? What do you wish people would understand? I guess. Um, one thing that I've, I've thought about through this pandemic and being at home, um, you know, I've spent a lot more time on Facebook than I care to admit to. Yeah, um, same here. And But that's kind of the, our social connection to our friends and, and seeing how they're doing because we, we want to know how they're doing. We want to know what they're doing and are they doing it better because that Lord knows we need, you know, help. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, the, the complaining about you know, being stuck at home with their, with their family bugs me to no end, you know, whether it's said in jest or, 
um, because every jest has that kernel of truth. You yeah, know, of course, yes. Funny, you know, but, um, and certainly there's days that I need to go sit out on the porch and just give myself some alone time. But, you know, every moment that I have with my kids, I'm treasuring and I'm hoping that they're able to um, enjoy that time with me as well. And um, I really just want people to know that, you know, it, it may not be cancer for, for them. It may be a car accident. It may be something. And, and what are you, you know, what are you going to regret? What are you going to miss out on? You know, if you're not really, you know, taking that into account with um, every moment that you have right now with your kids. I've in the first two weeks of this, uh, I was actually still working and um, I was kind of jealous that people got to be home with their kids. And then when I was furloughed and I was able to be home with my kids, I was I was really thankful because then I, I could have that time. I was using all my PTO. And I was like, well, this yeah. is my vacation. But but this is a great vacation to, you know, um We've rearranged the, the living room. We've reorganized <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> but, you know, stuff that, you know, um, is really important is, is being able to sit and cuddle with our kids and watch movies and, and um, you know, have a dinner where we get to laugh together, you know, do board games where we get to spend time together. Um, that's what's important. And, um, you know, take that after this is over, after we're back in social, um, settings with, with our friends and, you know, just to be mindful that, you know, what is really important, you know, is it, you know, the, the trip out or is it the, the time together, you know, wherever you're at? Yeah. So. To, just to be present. I, t- I hear you girl. I hear you. I think that, um, uh, I, I understand. <laughs> and that, that yeah. frustration of even, um, uh, and certainly I business owners, small business owners that are at risk of losing a lot. I actually did a um, Instagram IGTV post about this this week. I feel for them and I know that they're very scared, but I agree with you that, I mean, you know, the not getting your nails done, not getting your hair done. Yes. Um, you know, my kids are driving me crazy and I have thought, you know, my kids are driving me crazy. So I'm fully admitting that I've said this to myself, but I know what I, I hear you that the, um, being present and asking ourselves, well, what is important and what's not. And when you look at it from your eyes, you, I mean, you, you are really in a crisis of a lifetime and to be able to say that, and you know, that's a good lesson for all of us, I think. With the businesses that have kind of, you know, just changed direction really quickly. You know, um, a friend of mine at Bardo Restaurant, they're doing cocktail kits and they're doing, you know, um, they're delivering where normally right. that would never deliver. You know, um, they're they're pivoting and keeping, you know, keeping their customer base um, engaged. You know, by, yeah, by helping them. You know, like, hey, would you like this really great? you know, meal tonight. Yes. Yes, I would. I would like to not cook tonight. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've been really impressed with that, you know, different businesses that are, that are doing different things. Um, you know, psychopath is doing, um, they're going around to homes and fixing bikes, you know, because that's, that kicked up a lot in our neighborhood. We used to never see people really out and about, you know, walking with just a random one or two. And now yeah, everybody, like, exactly. Parading around the neighborhood. I know, I know. Riding bikes really wonderful but you know you're finally getting that bike out of storage and it's it's messed up you know what do you do and here a psychopath is coming to you to fix it which yeah. is amazing 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of America um, businesses have been very innovative. And Jessica, I really appreciate your time today and you being so open about you know your situation. And um, I really my mouth to God's ears that the right treatments are going to appear and everything um, will give you as you wish decades with your family and with your community. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you. Thank and you. Really um, appreciate it. I've got pictures of Jessica and links to um, her updates page on Facebook as well as a GoFundMe page um, on in the show notes, but also check out Instagram at the story with Charu. And until next time, um, I hope all of you find something that make your souls light and happy. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word, at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format. And sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A dot com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.